listening to the Inspiring Minds show on the Own Your Power Radio Network. This is Todd Goodwin, your host and hypnotist. Our goal is to inspire, empower, and transform your life. So stay tuned and inspire your mind. Welcome to the Inspiring Minds show on the Own Your Power Radio Network. This is Todd Goodwin, board-certified hypnotist from the Miami Hypnosis Center. I'm your host, and today I have a special co-host, Dana Peicher, certified hypnotherapist, also at the Miami Hypnosis Center. Welcome, Dana. Thank you, Todd. Great to be here. That's right. Now, our show and past shows are archived on ownyourpowerlifestyle.com, so check that out if you want to catch some of our previous shows. And one of the things that we want to do in the Inspiring Minds show is to enlighten you as our listeners through insights that you may not have otherwise had to understand your mind and your body better, to understand how in some ways we're responsible for a lot of our challenges, but that also means we're responsible and we're capable of resolving them. And this is a very empowering type of self-awareness, and that's one of our goals with this show. So in the coming weeks, uh, stay tuned and uh, go back to that website, Own Your Power Lifestyle, so that you can catch on some of the different topics we're we're dealing with. Uh, Today, we're going to be discussing trauma Mm-hmm. Emotion, emotional trauma and what it is, um, what are the different types, what are the unfortunate um, effects that can can stem from emotional trauma, and of course, most importantly, how can we resolve that? So we're going to have a discussion because both of us have a lot of experience with that, uh, working with clients, and Dana, that's one of your primary specialties and um, areas that you're quite an expert in. Isn't that true? It is true. Um, Most people, well, not most people, but a lot of people come to see me for trauma specifically. Um, And it's actually one of my favorite type of work because when you bring someone through um, a traumatic experience or or getting over rather a traumatic experience, what happens on the other side is um, really powerful and beautiful when you can really give someone their life back. So I, I, I really enjoy this work. So that's actually a way of helping people own their power, isn't it? <laughs> right? Yes. It's true. That's right. Yes, exactly. Specifically. Hmm. Okay, great. So we're going we're gonna to discuss that. And uh, we have a few questions from people who have written in and, uh, you know, questions that people have about trauma and how to resolve it and, and, and all those sort of things. Now, one thing I do want to, before we go to our first break, I do want to ask is, um, well, just real briefly, like if you can in a minute, recap your experience with your own personal experience with trauma and post-traumatic stress disorder and how that led you through resolving that to become a hypnotherapist. Sure. Um, I experienced myself uh, really, really heavy PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder about five years ago. I was one person and then, you know, in 30 seconds I was in a, I was in a a really terrible near fatal car accident. I was smashed up and down my body and had to learn to walk and talk again and um, basically through that experience, um, <clears throat> I realized that, again, I was one person and then all of a sudden I wasn't that person anymore. And a lot of my belief around PTSD, again, post-traumatic stress disorder, is the fact that it's not about the big trauma. It's not about um, this big event that happened to you. It's about all these little things afterwards that you, that you can't do. You know, for example, I had a really difficult time washing the dishes or paying a bill and stuff like that. So I, I really believe PTSD is more about the day-to-day life. Um, because of a big instance or multiple instances. Um, And when you clean up, potentially clean up those instances, you can get back to living a normal life. So you worked with a trauma therapist who did hypnosis, and once you were comfortable enough with with her to engage in that type of um, change work, then that's what resolved your PTSD. You mentioned that in our previous show. And then within six weeks, the PTSD was gone. You were no longer traumatized. Then a month later, depression was gone. A month after that, anxiety was gone. And you had, you know, healed your emotional self. Yes, 100%. Uh, We can definitely get into that. And I I would love to share that story with you. Um, And again, one of the the biggest ways I realized that I was healing from my PTSD, um, again, it was a bit of a process. And when I, one of the really biggest ways that I realized I was healing was, it sounds silly, but being able to do my dishes, being able to get back to life. Um, To be normal again. To be normal, yeah. All right, cool. So we're going to go to our first break. Thanks, Dana, for sharing that. This Mm -hmm. is going to be a great show. Um, This is Todd Goodwin and Dana Peicher on the Inspiring Minds Show on the Own Your Power Radio Network. Uh, We'll be back in a moment. 
Everybody, this is Takia Young of CoreConnectionLifestyle.com, and I'm here at the Own Your Power radio station having a good time and listening to good vibes. Hello, everyone out there in this wonderful world. This is Angie Yarish Spader from LA Tans Band Medical Aesthetics, and I'm hanging out here with Simone, whom I've, whom I've known for so many years at Own Your Power radio station, where everything exciting happens. If you're like me, you love to hold on to your cash and use it for basic needs like the light bill, water bill, and yeah, maybe even the mortgage or the rent. That's pretty much all that I use cash for since I get almost everything on barter. In a typical month, I get my hair done, eyebrows waxed, printing services, massages, business coaching, personal assistance from my companies, social media marketing, and more all on barter. Oh, and did I mention travel? Yes, to many different exotic locations like Costa Rica and Barbados on barter. I literally save thousands a year and I'd love to help you do the same. All you have to do is join the Give and Take Network at www.giveandtakenetwork.org. That's give, the letter N, takenetwork.org. When you join Give and Take, you'll learn how to generate more business, reduce your overhead, and save cash. Barter is definitely smarter and don't let anyone tell you any differently. Join us today at giveandtakenetwork.org. This is Todd Goodwin. <laughs> Hello, Todd Goodwin. <laughs> Hello, Dana Peicher. So um, in, our, in this first long segment of the show, mm-hmm. we're going to talk more about what is emotional trauma. Right. Or what is trauma and what are the emotional and physical signs and, and um, symptoms? How does someone know if they've been traumatized? Um, and we're going to discuss this because these are some common questions people have, and you and I both have a lot of um, practical uh, you know, clinical experience, if you will, working with clients who have had various forms of trauma. Mm-hmm. So in your opinion, what, what is trauma or tra- what is a traumatic experience? Right. Um, I might have a bit of a differing uh, opinion from other people, but I really do believe that uh, life in general can be hard. Everyone goes through experiences that ultimately shape their opinion and perception about, you know, going forward in life. So I don't really even believe trauma has to be something completely overwhelming. I don't think it has to be one situation that changed everything in your life. I often think that um, there's bigger traumatic experiences and there's um, smaller experiences that I really think that trauma is something that happens to you that maybe you had a one thought process and then a situation occurred, and now you, you view things differently. So I don't think trauma really has to be this overwhelming, huge experience, which okay. a lot of people do think. Right. Well, I, I don't think necessarily it has to be an overwhelming experience. Like we, like you mentioned in, in our previous show about regression, um, I think I had mentioned um, a time when I was seven or eight years old, mm-hmm. and I remember running out of the classroom crying, and people were laughing at me for some reason, and... Um, and if I look, might look back today and say, oh, that wasn't that big of a deal. It wasn't like I was beaten senseless or right. I was raped or anything like that. So, everybody, right. Right, right. So, but at the time, it seemed like a big deal. But you're saying it doesn't even, you don't even think it has to be a, a big deal. Right, I think so. Well, what do you think? What do you think trauma is specifically? Well, I think that when I think of trauma, I think of 
an injury or perceived injury. Mm-hmm. Like if someone, like you mentioned when you were in your car accident and and you had to learn to walk and talk again, that was because you had a head injury, so you had brain trauma right. on some level. So right. even outside of the emotional trauma, you had physical trauma. If you hit someone with a bat or if you fall and, and break a leg, or even, I mean, even if you just cut yourself or you bruise something, that's trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if walking traumatizes your feet. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I guess that, right. I mean, maybe in a small way, but we obviously learn to adapt that. But but I would say what I think trauma is, at least with, with what we see at the Miami Hypnosis Center, is when someone has some past experience that still bothers them on some level, right. consciously or unconsciously, and they felt changed in an undesirable way. Right. Well, I think something you mentioned is really interesting. Um, the o- only something? One little thing. Oh, only one Just thing. like okay. one little okay. aspect, sure, right? Yeah. Everything else, forget about it. Let's focus um, on that. <laughs> okay. So um, the feet example, you know, um, we learn to adapt. Are our feet traumatized because our legs are constantly on them? Um, but human beings, we learn to adapt. So if you, let's say, have, uh, again, a problem with an addiction or something, um, it's not necessarily the addiction. It's these little traumas that have occurred to you that that have happened to you that we have learned to, quote unquote, adapt. We may really have never adapted. And our adaption, our, our um, if that's even the way to say it, but our or adaptation, our, yeah. yeah, we are attempting to cope. We are attempting to cope with things that have happened to us that we really wouldn't even view as trauma. We just adapt. Okay. So let, maybe we'll take a step back for, for the benefit of our listeners um, to give some examples just real quickly um, of types of issues we see where a client knows they've had a trauma, right. let's say. So not that we're looking for anything and saying, well, you, you know, you walked a lot, so your, your feet are have been <laughs> traumatized, but something where, you know, like for instance, I've seen people who uh, witnessed the death of, of a family member mm-hmm. and, and maybe there was a lot of graphic imagery Wow, right. Or in your case, you were in a car accident. I've worked mm-hmm. with people who have been in, in car accidents. Or they were a veteran in, in a war. Mm-hmm. Or they were a former foster child. Mm-hmm. They had been raped. A, a firefighter once I worked with who had rescued someone from a burning building. And then while he was on the lawn holding the, the, the guy who lived in the house, he died in the firefighter's arms. Mm. And so the emotional impact of that experience on some level led that firefighter to uh, become an alcoholic. Down. Right. Well, right. Exactly. And that was, that's what, how he was coping with it. Right. So those are, um, those are, those are just an example, a, a series of examples of, of certain traumatic experiences that could have happened when someone was a child. It could have happened a year ago. Right. And I think my, what I would say not necessarily what's causing the trauma, because I have a different perspective than what uh, a lot of psychotherapists would think about that. It, but I would say, and we'll talk about that in a minute, mm-hmm. it's a traumatic experience is something that injures a person mm-hmm. emotionally. Right. Or, or at least gives the illusion of being injured. 100%. And I agree with that. I, I really do agree with that. The only thing I like to say is oftentimes when people come in and it's for an issue... Um, and they say, I've had no trauma, I've had, you know, and okay, we can agree with that as well, but because people put this big label on trauma, because people think they have to go through, God forbid, rape or, you know, any situation like that to be um, to be an alcoholic now, they, they immediately correlate that. Because I didn't have such a big experience, I really have no excuse to be this way now. But I really do believe that that trauma, again, we might not consciously even know that we've been through an experience um, that has injured our emotions, like okay. you say. Okay, so when we talk about drinking alcohol, um, very often I find that if someone is an alcoholic and it's not just... And I'm not going to get into the definitions of what is an alcoholic because we're, right. we're, not, we're not diagnosticians. So we're not looking right. in a manual to say, well, technically if it's more than three drinks a day and if you can't stop, you're an alcoholic. So let's leave that to to psychotherapists or someone else who's going to pull out a book and, and, and do that. What, what I'm talking about is 
there's a difference between when you look at alcohol, someone between who has one or two drinks to unwind before dinner when they get home from a long day at work. Uh, and someone who drinks two six-packs of beer every day. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's just gray, uh, shades of gray, but the reality is normally what I've found is that when people have an alcohol problem, generally there has been some undiagnosed or diagnosed but unresolved emotional trauma in the past. Right. And, and very often it's a childhood-based thing. So we talked about car accident, seeing someone killed or dying, um, being injured or beaten or raped or something where there's a major acute right. experience. And yet, I'm sure you have as well. I've worked with a lot of people who grew up in a household where there was a lot of yelling. Mm-hmm. Maybe exactly. they were never beaten, right? There was a lot of yelling. There was a lot of stress. Their parent, Maybe one parent had bipolar or, or was an alcoholic. And so there was so much instability and unpredictability that the child grows up with... with a chronic form of anxiety, mm-hmm. and whether they would officially be diagnosed with post-traumatic stress right. or not doesn't really matter. They might say, "Well, I was never, you know, my my father never beat me. Mm-hmm. You know, he beat my mom, but even, <laughs> or or maybe not that, but just just being in a stressful environment for a long period of time can can be traumatizing." A hundred percent, and that's why I always like to um, I like to establish that I like to tell a client that that's okay too, you know, that you don't have to feel as if you've gone through something acute, um, something overwhelmingly significant. Because again, all of life, all of life can be a series of little traumatic events that would create anxiety. So, and yet, but the little ones normally we dismiss. Okay. But would you say we dismiss, but we also we're, we're really unaffected by I think we're very affected. And that's, yeah, but, but not necessarily in a negative way, though, right? It could be both ways. Okay. Um, the little things that have happened to us, again, because people are looking for something bigger than themselves to say, this big event happened to me, so I have anxiety. When someone doesn't have that big event happen, they, oftentimes they feel guilty or shame. They, they feel oh, Of what? Um, for having anxiety, for having an emotional disturbance or emotional issue because they, they cannot pinpoint why they haven't. So that's why I always like to make the, the okay. I like to distinguish. Because they, they I'm sorry, go ahead. No, that's, the, so that's why I always like to reiterate the fact that um, you can just live a, for all intents and purposes, normal life and still have um, anxiety. So And, and the people feel ashamed because because they nothing can't, happened to them so they can't blame something so they right. think they're, there's something wrong with them they're wrong with them exactly okay one thing i do want to address that i think is really important and i could probably talk for hours so you're gonna have to hold me back <laughs> uh, is 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 what actually <sighs> causes trauma and and we get into the whole cause versus right you know initial sensitizing event we're gonna get into that in a minute that's just a, a technical term that that people who work with with trauma use but um, what are some typical signs that you've seen, Dana, that may reflect or indicate that someone has experienced some form of emotional trauma? Like what are some right. behavioral, emotional, um, unhealthy coping or adaptations that you've seen? So generally speaking, oftentimes when people have uh, chronic depression or chronic anxiety, it is trauma-based, even if it's the smaller little traumas, the things that we put aside. So, like the little paper cuts, as opposed to the, exactly. the large gash. That's a knife. great metaphor. We have little paper cuts. So, uh, any type of chronic emotional issue, I could say, um, would be the paper cuts of experiences. Um, when someone has PTSD, for example, um, like a, a that you see a shift in personality, or. Um, they were able to function in, in one way that they're not really functioning anymore. And I oftentimes hear it, and this happened with me as well, I oftentimes hear the fact that it's um, because you're so overwhelmed, your brain is so overwhelmed, and it's unconsciously, you're not very conscious of the fact that you have PTSD or you're overwhelmed by this experience. But because your brain has experienced such shock, it's the little things in life that overwhelm you. Mm. So it's trying to buy groceries. It's trying to have a normal conversation without withdrawing. It's um, 
you know, uh, if you were potentially extroverted, becoming very introverted, you can't connect with people much anymore. Um, so a lot of fear-based right. reactivity. A lot of, and you're reacting. That's really a great way to put it. You're reacting to everything. You're very reactive to stimulus. You're not um, fully engaged anymore. You're not proactive in your life. You're simply defensive. Mm. Um, anger. Okay. It's very big. And all the coping mechanisms, whether... Well, substance abuse. Alcoholism, substance abuse, eating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's a big one. I've seen that a lot. And I think you have. We both work with sure. a lot of people for weight loss. And, uh, I mean, a lot of the time, typically women that I've seen, at least, most of the clients I've seen for weight loss are women. But, you know, I can imagine a woman many times 50, 100 pounds overweight. Mm-hmm. And there's some often sexual right. issue underlying that. Maybe they were either molested or had some sexual experience that was, to them, traumatizing as a teenager. Right. Or maybe one woman I worked with was a victim of date rape during college, and in order to protect her, uh, protect herself from being... And she was very pretty you know, at the time, but she was a, a target in her mind. Right. So if she gained 50 pounds, then suddenly... You know, guys wouldn't look at her anymore and she wouldn't be hurt anymore. It's so true. When I first started discovering the correlation between weight gain and sexual trauma, uh, I wouldn't say I was surprised, but I was um, a little bit taken aback. And um, and the reason is, like you mentioned, it's the subconscious mind does everything in its power to protect you. So if you're an attractive lady or even if you're just a woman, whatever, in general, um, or man, for example, um, I have seen oftentimes with weight gain that no diet is going to work for you. No, any type of exercise protocol, unfortunately, will not work for you if your subconscious mind feels so threatened to be skinny again mm-hmm. um, because it's threatening. It's life-threatening or it's um, it's it's purely for... It's purely a protective mechanism. So it's actually a really interesting and, and kind of, um, in a twisted way, a beautiful thing because the mind wants you to be safe. So oftentimes when I work with people, especially ex- exclusively for that, with sexual trauma or, or weight loss, um, not until they feel safe in the world again, until they feel protected as a human being, that they can walk out into the world again, will any diet work? Will any type of protocol work? So a really big thing that I do with my clients is um, I allow them to feel safe. And I find that once they feel safe, they start losing weight. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. And yeah. really, in some cases, it's probably the same thing with, uh, with drinking. Right. Too much alcohol is that a person, whether it's feeling safe or not feeling anxious or un- uncomfortable, if they haven't resolved an issue in the past and they feel anxious as a result of that, because often anxiety is one of the most common result um symptoms of someone who's experienced a traumatic experience Mm -hmm. and if they drink it kind of changes their emotional state right they don't have to think about those things that cause them to be anxious they don't have to feel that so that's a good thing right in the short term long term eating too much gaining 50 pounds or drinking and becoming an alcoholic is a bad thing but in the short term which is what the the subconscious governs it saves them from being continually overwhelmed. Yes, exactly. And it's uh, for a positive. You know, alcoholism, you would never think drug usage or alcoholism is a positive thing. Because physically speaking, it's not. But if your mind is constantly in shock and is constantly just trying to not be in that state anymore, it's, it's, um, it can be looked at as a positive thing. It's, it's shifting your emotional experience. Yet, again, over time... If you're just drowning out your emotions, if you're really just pushing things down with alcohol or food or drugs, eventually it's going to rear its ugly head and no good thing is going to come out of that. So that is the reason why people drink. That is the reason why people, you know, uh, overeat. Um, But the nice thing is, is um, if you're ready to really finally heal and finally come up out of whatever things have happened to you in life or move on with life, you don't need those addictions anymore to cope. You are, um, when you really begin to feel things, even if things are painful, um, eventually you'll be able to process your emotions. Okay, good. So the, the addictions or substance abuse, whether it's addiction or not, but the substance abuse 
the the emotional disturbances that come as a result of uh, having experienced a traumatic event or a traumatic series of events or experiences, it's in a way, it's like you said, that's protective. Right. And so is fear. Because a lot of the time, right. I've worked with a lot of people who either they were in a car accident and then they had a fear of driving or maybe... They were traumatized by Jaws, watching the movie Jaws, right? It's so true. I know I was. I was never attacked by a shark, but for my first 10 years, I don't think I ever wanted to go into the ocean. So I was afraid of 100%. being attacked by a shark. Yeah, yeah. So that's an example where there was no exper- firsthand experience of being traumatized, but it was I was witnessing tr- something that was made up. Right. But again, like we talked about in our previous show, um, in the mind of a seven-year-old or however old, old I was when I watched it, should not have seen it at that age, um, I couldn't realize that that was not real. Right. And so for me, that seemed real and that image was there. And so I was traumatized to some degree by the movie and as a result created this fear to help me avoid being attacked by a shark to protect me from that. Right. If which... I never go in the ocean, I'll never be attacked, so I'll stay safe. Right. I miss out on the opportunities to have fun in the ocean, but at least at least I won't be killed by Jaws. Right, which right. in your mind's rational, right? Because you watched the movie as a kid, exactly. you had no idea, right? Yeah. So exactly. somehow that just wore off over time. But, but a lot of people, as we'll talk about in the second major segment of our show, when people have a lot of uh, or have traumatic experiences, whether it's an ongoing thing or just one thing, um, sometimes they don't get over it on their own. Sometimes right. they heal themselves. It just happens. It's just like a paper cut. But other times, it's sort of like that wound will not heal. Mm-hmm. And if someone has a lot of paper cuts and it's infected or they have one major gash from a from a knife, sometimes the body's not going to heal well. Or if it does, it's going to create a lot of scar tissue that then they need to go and have fixed at some point because otherwise they're going to have a loss of function. Right. So physically, that's what happens when there's a physical trauma. Emotionally, which doesn't get enough... Um, awareness in in society, but emotional trauma is just so like having an injury with really bad scar tissue, loss of function and use and, and range of motion. We need to go back and 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 re fix and fix that injury so that it heals properly. So we're going to be back in a moment with Dana Peicher. I'm Todd Goodwin from the Miami Hypnosis Center. We're going to talk more about uh, what really causes trauma. It's not what you think, and um, and how we can resolve this. Also how laughing at a traumatic experience (laughs) can often heal it as well. Uh, So this is the Inspiring Minds show on the Own Your Power Radio Network. We'll be back in a second. Hey, this is Coach Simone Kelly. And this is Hermann Dubois, a.k.a. Dr. Goya. A.k.a. my Puerto Rican brother from the Bronx. (laughs) And you could check us out every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Own Your Power Radio, where we talk about personal and business development, relationships, sex, and anything else that comes to mind. Don't miss us every Wednesday night at Own Your Power Radio, the Own Your Power Lifestyle Show, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Keep it locked on ownyourpowerlifestyle.com. Peace.
for your future. So whether on the block or chilling in the club, whether on the CD or your radio, give love to the creator's plan, cause you know he's with you till the end. Like in the studio with my crew, Jeff turn me up on the one and two. Paul and Black told y'all this before, Raheem and me are back with the truth for sure. Do what you love, love what you do. In this game of life, there's a plan for you. In this game of life, there's a plan for you. In this game of life, there's a plan for you. up a pen or play the kissing game with my first girlfriend I heard cuts from Jeff truthfully even before my first breath this game was my destiny same goes for my people's Raheem and V same for the Raiders in this industry and every other cat that looked out for me yo sit back relax check what you in for me and these cats we blend like we can for loving the key yo rock any tempo do it from the soul it feel oh so simple Philly, D.C., Jersey, about to win, y'all. rain, sunshine and rain. I got love for it all, and you keep the same. Got love for it all, and you keep the same. Got love for it all, and you keep the same. Be the same now. This segment was brought to you by Constant Contact. Learn how to grow your business with the Constant Contact Toolkit. Sign up today by texting OYP to 22828. That's OYP to 22828 to register for the mailing list. Once you're a customer, Coach Simone will contact you and set up your complimentary training on marketing strategies and branding for your email campaign. Once again, it's Constant Contact where you can connect, inform, and grow. Welcome back to the Inspiring Minds show on the Own Your Power Radio Network. I am Todd Goodwin, your host, and my special co-host today is Dana Peicher. Dana Peicher, certified hypnotherapist. Uh, Both of us are at the Miami Hypnosis Center. If you want to learn more about the services we provide, learn more about hypnosis and the different issues that it can resolve, uh, you can visit MiamiHypnosisCenter.com. All right, so Dana, in the first half of our show, we talked about emotional trauma, what it is, what are some of the uh, apparent causes. Mm-hmm. Um, just to summary, summarize that, there were you know significant incidents, like if we liken it to the analogy of being cut, like stabbed or slashed by a knife, major <laughs> ones like the rape, the abuse, the death, the, you know, those things. And then other ones are like a lot of paper cuts or, or just constantly little cuts going through a really challenging divorce, let's say, or going through a longer period of time with a lot of little things. Day-to-day things. Just a day-to-day strain. Yeah. Um, as opposed to a specific one moment that changes everything. Right. So it can be all of those things. And how that can lead to issues with, um, you know, anger issues, being emotionally distant and uh, dissociated from other people, withdrawn. Um, it can develop, uh, lead to the need to self-medicate or self-soothe with alcohol, smoking, drugs, those kind of things, food. Right. And how certain traumatic experiences can actually be related or be, be the root behind certain fears, phobias, and forms of anxiety. Mm-hmm. So what I want to get into for a minute here is what really causes a trauma? 
just tell me what what you think is and, and there's no there's not necessarily a right answer because right. I have my own my own perspective on it and okay. I'm not so dogmatic so I'm open to any other. <laughs> we may have the same opinion I'm sure we've talked about this before but what actually causes a trauma I think um, when something happens to you and you don't really have a way to have the right perspective um, trauma and what ha- from what I have seen is just shock on the body Again, like whether it's physical, emotional, mental, all of the all of those things, um, it's just some sort of shock that your body takes in and um, sticks. It just doesn't move. So that is what I've seen trauma. Um, whether it's again a big situation that puts shock on the mind um, and nervous system and, and body, or it's again the little situations. Um, and I think that the shock comes from meaning like the meaning you put behind the issue um how you perceived something happened to you you think it's terrible and that's your perception um and it very well could have been terrible but uh you have this one way of looking at it okay so So. we have a very similar what's your thoughts i I agree (laughs) i okay what i was going to say a lot of people say well you know i was um um you know, I was in Iraq and I saw someone, you know, shot at close range and now I have post-traumatic stress disorder mm-hmm. or now I have trauma. Or I was beaten by my ex-husband and now I have, now I, I was traumatized or whatever. And, and I would actually say, actually, that's not what traumatized you. Okay. See, I don't believe that, and well, it's similar to what you're saying, but it, a lot of people are looking for an event to blame right <clears throat> they're looking for an event or an, a person to blame for their problems mm-hmm. and I what I say what I say is not without compassion at all on the contrary but it's about if you if you believe that an event happened or a person did something to you and that's what the what's responsible for your trauma then there's no way to fix it interesting okay here's why <laughs> okay. because okay because it happened in the past right there is no past uh-huh. the past exists only in our memory Right. There's only the present. Uh-huh. Right? So if it happened in the past and the root of the problem is in the past, nothing can be done about it. But the fact that the work that we do shows you can resolve trauma and often in a fairly short amount of time and generally completely resolve it and all of the symptoms that were the coping mechanisms shows that it is based on, like you said, your meaning, your perceptions. It's based on your memories. So what I say mm, to people is that... Right. right so I say... No, it's not that you were raped or um, almost died in a fire or were in a car accident. That's not what traumatized you. It's the way you remember it, and Mm -hmm. it's your perception of that experience and how you somehow unconsciously believe that that was a mortal threat to you. Right. So it's, it's almost like at the time when that happened, you learned, unfortunately, that... You were truly mortal, vulnerable, weak, disempowered, and that feeling gets crystallized in that moment and brought forward, carried into the future. Interesting. And so really, what the reason why I explain to people like that is because if they're in a state of victimhood and they're blaming, then they are by definition disempowered. And the only way that person can actually resolve the issue is to be empowered. And the only way to be empowered and to own their power is to say, I am responsible for solving this. I am responsible for causing this. And I don't say they're, they're, they're at fault, but it, that you could take two people who were raped <clears throat> and one of them could develop an aversion to sex, uh, inability to have intimate relationships or trusting relationships. They may want to just be alone. They may, like, like you mentioned before the break, they might eat until they're 100 pounds overweight. You might have someone else who was raped and say, man, that... That experience sucked. And but or they might say they might even this is controversial, they might even say, you know what? I learned so much about myself in the aftermath of that, I'm actually grateful that happened. Mm-hmm. Now I don't want to go down that path because right. that's gonna a lot of people are gonna have an issue Murky. with that. But <laughs> I've seen that with clients again and again. When you can get someone grateful for a traumatic experience, they become more empowered than if it never happened. But that's after they heal. That's after they heal. Right. Well, that's part of the healing though. But the empowerment. The, the, well, right. the, it's the flip of the of the perspective, but that's 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 a whole show by itself. Right. But the thing is, the person is responsible for creating the trauma. So it's the way it's the way you think about it that traumatizes you. 100%. It's not the event. 
Right. Right. So when you change, so you can't change the past, but you can change how you think about the past. And when you change how you think about it, including how you perceive that memory or memories, then you change the feeling that comes from that thought or the belief, and then the emotional, physical, and the behavioral coping uh, changes. It's like pulling that one card out from the house of cards and the whole thing collapses. Right. You can be more neutral right. about something you said really uh, interested me when you said that you think when trauma happens, you glimpse your um, the fact that you're not immortal. Right. Can you elaborate on that? That's really interesting. Well, I think a lot of people think about things that can happen and we are used to seeing things from an outside perspective mm -hmm. because we're, we look at that other person, oh, that other person, you know, oh, that's horrible, got into a car accident, um, and, or that other person got eaten by a shark, you know, to, to mention the Jaws thing. I mean, those are extreme examples. But, oh, that other person was, had something happen. Uh, that's awful. But that, that will never happen to me. Mm -hmm. And even if we don't say that, we, we don't, we're, we're by definition, when we're witnessing something from an outside perspective, it's not personal. But when something happens to us and we're experiencing it where it's coming at us and we're witnessing this as, as hypnotists, you know, we use the term associated, which is where you picture something from your own first party perspective, mm -hmm. first person perspective. Dissociation is where you're looking at it as an observer on the outside, like a camera is like a video camera. So we see things happen to other people. And most of the time, that doesn't traumatize us. It can, but most of the time, it's not as much because it's not us, it's them. Right. But when something happens to us, all of a sudden, it's like this amazing, cold, hard slap in the face that says, guess what? This can happen to you, too. You're wow. not safe. Right. Never thought about that. That's really, really true. And so what happens is if someone goes through an experience like that, whether it's one moment or uh, a, a period of time, but typically I find that it's one instant or incident, and they get the message, I'm not safe, then that creates chronic anxiety. Right. So most people I, I've found that have what has been diagnosed as general anxiety by their psychotherapist, and they come to me and they say, you know, uh, I, I, I've taken medication, I've been through talk therapy for months or years, I still am anxious every day. Normally there's an underlying belief that says, I am not safe. I'm not safe, right. And so here's the thing. If the thought or belief of I am not safe, or like with the woman who gained 100 pounds because she was raped in college. Um, uh, being thin is, harm, is, is risky. Mm -hmm. uh, I, you know, I, if I'm beautiful, I will be harmed. Mm -hmm. So I need to be fat and unattractive so no one will notice me. So there's some underlying belief that causes someone to feel the emotional, um, what's the technical term for this? Crap. Yeah, that's it. It's the emotional crap that comes from that belief, right? And that's the stuff that people try to avoid by drinking or smoking or eating right. and or withdrawing Keep from people. Keep the crap down. Keep the crap to a minimum, right? And <laughs> and so but really, and so the point is if but what what I want to what I try to explain to people is that and and I want your opinion on this. Mm -hmm. If the way you think about it like you said <clears throat> and your perspective and the meaning and all of that is what causes the emotional crap to come up and to stay up and if, if a memory or a series of memories provide evidence for that belief, for instance, if the belief is I'm not safe, and then the subconscious holds that memory of when the person almost died or was beaten and could not protect themselves or something happened, then it's almost like the subconscious will not let go of that belief as long as the memory contains the emotional charge right. because it says, see, you're not safe. Look at this evidence. Right. Exactly. And so that's where I'm saying that it's the memory and all the stuff surrounding that that is actually what traumatizes the person and not the event. Because you could have two people who go through, come back from Iraq, let's say, and, one, and they both witness the same thing. They were in the same company, and one person is completely dysfunctional, and the other person is fine. Mm -hmm. It's the same event. Exactly. So it's not the event. Right, right, 100%. I've actually had someone ask me before, um, if there's 500 people and they all witness the same thing, and they, I mean, there's an earthquake that just, you know, yesterday. In Nepal, if they all witness the same thing, are they all going to have the same reaction? Are they all going to have the same anxiety afterwards? And I told, I told um, the person that asked me, no. Not right. really. Um, everyone will 
take it in and absorb and um, attach meaning in different ways. That being said, um, it will be, again, if it's an earthquake, of course, it, it will be a significant imprint on the mind. But like you said, it's an imprint on the mind. It's not happening. And oftentimes why people can't get over their trauma is because in the brain, it's as if it's happening right now. So you're familiar with that, obviously, as yes. well. Um, so it's still happening. It's still constantly replaying in the mind as if it's <clears throat> happening now, as if you're still at war, as if it's happening, whatever the instance was, is happening in the moment. That's what causes um, chronic reaction to trauma because it's we're not neutral to it yet. Right. So And, and the fact that it's... So it's kind of like a computer right. running an application in the background. Over and over right. and so, over. So if you're wondering why your computer is operating slowly and why the applications you're trying to run are either getting stuck or crashing, it could be that you have a very memory intensive or processor intensive application running in the background that you're not seeing uh-huh. and that you opened some time ago, but it's using up your all memory, your it's using up your battery, it's right. using up all that stuff. And you're like, why the hell is my computer not working well? Maybe you just need to find that application that you don't need anymore and close and it. Shut it down. Right. That's exactly it. Um, and because the trauma is constantly running and running and running, those little things in life, just normal everyday behaviors, um, become bigger, bigger than life because this one traumatic event or traumatic events are coloring everything now. Um, but another thing that you mentioned that I really think is interesting is, so again, when I first started working in this, um, people that would come to me for trauma, you you sympathize with them and you, you think, okay, they've been through something and everything um, and you connect to that. But now the way I view trauma and the way you said something is when you come up out of it, when you actually heal from trauma, and this is something we can go on and on about. I'm sure. When you heal trauma, you become empowered. Mm-hmm. And I think really a big reason that human beings go through trauma is to heal from it, is to come up above it. Because when you do come up above it, you become more full human beings. You become more engaged in life. You want to live life. You want to you want to really have the full human experience. And I really do think that um, on a higher level, why we experience trauma is to break us down in order for us to shine eventually. That's really interesting. And you're right. That is a show. That's more of like a psycho-spiritual right. uh, twist <laughs> on this. Obviously, I'm going there. Uh, of course, you're going there. No, but I, I agree with you on some level. Right. Although although some people listening and some of our clients may not believe that and they right. don't need to in order of for course. it to resolve it because the, the spiritual component is not necessary in order to resolve this stuff. But, right. but it does, if, if someone does believe that, then that does give them a perspective that takes them out of focusing on victimhood exactly so okay so real briefly uh, to touch on so if we know that it's a belief that someone's not safe Mm -hmm. given a situation um, that's often responsible for the trauma and the memory that supports and reinforces maintaining that belief that continues to be a traumatizing event, like the application that's running in the background on an ongoing basis. The person wasn't raped once. They've been raped a hundred times because every time they think about it, it's happening again. Right. So we need to change the belief. Right. And we need to change the memory Mm -hmm. or, or at least neutralize the emotional charge so that on the memory. Yeah. Now we, we, we may end up doing a whole show on this and have you back for this because um, even though just explaining this to people is interesting, but until you actually experience it right. as, as a client, let's say, to really transform it, it's, it's really more intellectually stimulating but not transformational. Mm-hmm. So it, it's hard to really try to explain these things. But, but the, two, the two main areas that I know that you and I use, your, one of your main specialties, your primary methodologies is using regression mm-hmm. in hypnosis to go back to an event or uh, a series of events and with a difference, a shift in perspective, mm-hmm. like we talked about in our last show, resolve the emotional charge from that time. Right. Um, also, neuro-linguistic programming, or NLP, is a very powerful way of shifting how you see, hear, and feel a particular memory. Um, it does much more than that, but that's, that's at least what I've used it for this. So we talked, you know, we, we talked about laughing. <laughs> and, you know, the last thing you should, this is a serious show, you know, we shouldn't make fun <laughs> of trauma, but... but <gasps> 
you and I both, I think, have worked with people using NLP and maybe even combining regression in that mm -hmm. to introduce humor right. into their memory. Mm -hmm. And we only have like a minute uh, before we, we have to wrap that up. But, uh, you know, what are some things that you've done to introduce humor and why does that work? Well, I absolutely love doing that. I think you're better at that than me, <laughs> but you're, because you're phenomenal at that. Um, it's, Thank you. <laughs> it's really about, again, so specifically what's happening in the brain is you're throwing a new maneuver, you're throwing a new perspective in, and you're allowing the brain to see something differently. So if you throw in humor and you, you, you allow the brain to laugh about what happened, that is the ultimate diffusion because you took something very heavy, mm -hmm. quote unquote, in the mind, very serious, and all of a sudden you diffused it and you said, eh, you know, what happened here? So by laughing about it um, through different techniques and methodologies, you become neutral. Mm -hmm. And I think all of healing, I think really uh, most of healing is allowing the brain to become neutral, to take the shock. So off. basically, if you, and we and unfortunately we don't have time to get into some techniques, but there's yeah. some that are really like almost literally mind blowing and how fast. <laughs> I mean, I, I've taken people, and I know you have as well, mm -hmm. through some certain um, hypnotic or NLP techniques within sometimes 15, 20 minutes. Get someone it's who over, right? it's over, it's done, and it's like one person I worked with had been, had been. Oh, I'll just tell you real quick. She had been um, uh, mugged, held up at gunpoint at her house, um, and then. For nine months, she couldn't go back to her house mm -hmm. at the front door without feeling heart palpitations and all of that anxiety. For two months, she couldn't even go to her house. Then when she came to see me, after she had been through therapy and all that stuff and it hadn't really worked for her, we, we did a certain technique, and I'm not kidding, within probably a half hour, she was laughing. Mm -hmm. Actually, I used one of your techniques that you <laughs> taught me, so thank you. I think I told you about this. <gasps> she was laughing at the whole thing. Uh-huh. And, and I said, but tell me, you were... You were uh, he he put a gun to your head. He was going to kill you, and and she said, "I know. I just." But he, she was laughing. I said, "Okay, well, you're done." Right. And then she came back the next week because we were working on other things, and she said, uh, "You know, it was funny. I was telling someone about him seeing a hypnotist. Why are you seeing a hypnotist? What's oh no? It's amazing. You know, I did. And what happened to you? Well, I was mugged, and and she started cracking up. Wow. Now that's not going to stay. She'll get to neutral from right. it. Right. But once that happens. She can't have a negative association to that memory. That's exactly it. And the trauma's gone. The negative association, yeah. That's phenomenal. That's so that, it's, that's why this work is so amazingly fun to do, too. Right. I agree. Well, thank you again, Dana Peicher. Thank you. You're a wonderful <laughs> hypnotherapist and an inspiration. I know to a lot of people and to me as well. So, um, And speaking of inspiration, that's what we do here on The Inspiring Mind. So <laughs> the point of this show is to help you realize that if you have had some form of emotional trauma and if you feel stuck... You can get help, and either whether it's from a hypnotist or from the Miami Hypnosis Center or someone else, please realize that you can resolve that issue. You don't have to stay stuck with it. You can heal yourself, and you can you know, change your mind and change your life. So this has been Todd Goodwin from the Miami Hypnosis Center on the Inspiring Minds show on the Own Your Power Radio Network. Um, to visit our website to learn more about what we do, you can go to MiamiHypnosisCenter.com. And to catch our archive shows, go to ownyourpowerlifestyle.com. Again, this is Todd. Thank you, Dana. Thank you. And have an inspiring, empowering, and transformational day. Amen. Bye. See ya. <laughs> this segment was brought to you by Constant Contact. Learn how to grow your business with the Constant Contact Toolkit. Sign up today by texting OYP to 22828. That's OYP to 22828 to register for the mailing list. Once you're a customer, Coach Simone will contact you and set up your complimentary training on marketing strategies and branding for your email campaigns. Once again, it's Constant Contact, where you can connect, inform, and grow.